Wolfpack Nation, we are here today to break down probably one of the biggest games NC State's had in quite some time here. We have on, on here Lon uh, Swan here with us uh, from uh, the Clemson podcast. Again, first of all, thank you so much, Lon, for joining us. Really do appreciate it today. Yeah, good to be with you guys and uh, certainly looking forward to a big game in Death Valley under the lights. Game day is going to be there, so I, I know it's mm-hmm. got to be exciting for Wolfpack Nation. Absolutely. Well, again, I mean, it's it's uh, – it, it's it's great being to this point you know i know that uh you know dorn and, and uh, dabo have had their you know their 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 back and forth from time to time uh but overall i mean i, I know there's a lot of respect there uh you know and both the guys are relatively young you know for for what they've done so far you know obviously hats off to dabo and hats off to to the clemson you know for for taking a shot on a wide receiver coach and then working out in dividends so i uh, gotta give the shout outs there for that um, but want to get first of all, make sure again if you haven't already, again make sure again hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out whenever we release any new NC State content. And also to give us a follow, Tuffy Talk now on Twitter, or Instagram, and if you're and if you're a big NC State fan just like us, make sure to hit that like button as well. But jumping right into Lon, so obviously again I think uh, you know it's interesting time, and uh, you know obviously for Clemson they just uh, got off of. Uh, a nail-biter win for sure against number 21, Wake Forest, at Wake Forest. So first of all, were you at that game? Or are you watching it from the from your house or what? No, I took it in from here. I haven't been up to Wake in a couple of seasons, um, obviously, with, uh, you know, just at this point, there's so much coverage that you can get from home, especially now that they do all the Zoom post games. I mean, it really, uh, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. I've got, you know, all my computer screens right here, and I'm able to cut video from the game while it's happening. So it's just kind of a – advantage but but no i mean we do go to all the home games and and certainly would travel if it's a major bowl game etc and i've got i've got some guys that go to like they were at the georgia tech game over in atlanta the kickoff the year but this past weekend noon kickoff i was like you know what my my kids had soccer matches Mm -hmm. i'll just settle in right here and uh go do that in the a.m and then you know get the afternoon rolling that makes sense that makes sense so so tell me, was uh, what were your kind of initial thoughts about that game? You know, what were some things that stood out to you? Um, what were some things that seemed to be of worry for you? Yeah, I think schematically, the, you know, Clemson's defense really struggled with Wake Forest and that that slow mesh. And I think you watch it and you say to yourself, "Okay, why does this work?" And yeah. so Clemson just kind of, you know, I don't want to say that Wes Goodwin. I guess the best terminology would be that Wes Goodwin didn't want to like force Wake Forest hands, but he kind of just played into what they wanted to do. I mean, he kept one safety. They continued to throw the football down the field. Clemson's corners were on islands, which is something we were accustomed to at Clemson when Brent Venables was there. But, you know, this is something that you have to adjust to. And Sam Hartman, you know, in the wide receivers for, for Wake Forest, I mean, they've been together for years, and they just looked in sync very early. Clemson was had some depth depth issues in the secondary; had three guys out, so that mm-hmm. kind of exacerbated the the, the problem. And ultimately, yep. you know, Wake Forest took advantage of that. And it wasn't until like the fourth quarter where Clemson finally just said, "Okay, we're just going to let you guys run the ball if that's what you choose to do. We're going to have two two safeties. We're going to play some Tampa two coverage. We're going to force you guys to try to run the football and." really take it out of Sam Hartman's hands. I mean, Hartman had six touchdowns in the game. I mean, he looked sharp all day long. And once that Mm -hmm. happened, slowed the pace. Wake Forest didn't get the big chunk plays. And Clemson just continued to kind of overwhelm them with talent and came away with a victory. It was a hard-fought one for sure. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I think if Clemson had switched up the defense a little earlier, and this may speak to Wes Goodwin's adjustment. I mean, he's a guy that's a, sort of a relatively unknown. You know, he was on the staff, but people didn't know who he was. If you just seen, shown a picture of you know four people and said pick Wes Goodwin, nobody could have done it. And right. so the thing about it is, you've got a guy that I think is trying to catch up to the nuances of being a game day coordinator, and the guy mm-hmm. across from you changing his playbook. And you're trying to adjust to that on the fly. And I think you've seen some some rust from him in terms of getting used to that. And, and so I yeah. think as he goes along, he'll get better at it. I think anybody would. Uh, but for now, I think what you saw was sort of a stubbornness maybe from Wes Goodwin. And I, I think that'll be a good lesson for him moving forward. Yeah. Well, because definitely one of the hot, one of the headlines for me, especially this offseason, was, uh, you know, obviously Brett Venables deciding to move on, uh, you know, finally and, and take an opportunity to get a head coaching job at a, a, a premier head coaching job like Oklahoma. And then you got Tony Gibson getting an opportunity to go, you know, across the river to Virginia for ACC. Uh, you know, and so to me, it really kind of stood out to me that, uh, you know, I think you and I could both agree that Dabo Sweeney could have called any call, any, any offensive and any, any defensive coordinator in the country. And they probably would have taken him up on, on the opportunity to come to Clemson. And so the fact that you decided instead of doing that to hire or to, to, to promote somebody internally to take over those roles to me, seemed like a huge gamble because I mean, it, it could work out for sure. And I mean, especially too, because I know that, uh, you know, the assistant coaching staff has been with Dabo for a long time. I know that Dabo doesn't really have too much attrition, really. So, you know, most of those guys have had an opportunity to work with Tony Gibbs and work with Brett Venables. Um, but, you know, from a, from a risk standpoint, do you, do you kind of agree that, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a, high risk, high reward thing, because you don't necessarily know, you know, because it's not like they're established coordinators, just like you were saying, they don't necessarily know who Wes Goodwin is, but, you know, it'd be easy that if, if Clemson's defense doesn't, you know, become what talent wise it should be, that it could be easy thing to point out being like, well, that guy wasn't really an established coordinator, you know, before this season. Would you, would you kind of agree with that analysis? Yeah, I mean, I think I think so. It's it's tough though because so when when Sweeney got the job, of course, he was a wide receivers coach. He had never been uh, a coordinator, and he got the head right. coaching job back in '08 after Clemson lost, ironically, to Wake Forest. And Sweeney took over from Tommy Bowden, and he made Billy Napier, who's now the head coach at Florida, the offensive coordinator. Well, a couple of years in to that scenario, and Napier was on the staff, and, and so a couple of years into that. You know, it wasn't working out, and he got rid of Billy Napier and yep. then brought in Chad Morris. And at that time, Chad Morris had been a guy who had coached Kyle, uh, excuse me, high school football and then had been at, like, Tulsa, and people were like, well, this is it. Sweeney's taking a shot. It's either going to go good or it's not, and Clemson's going to fire him, and they'll, you know, change, you know, head coaches. And mm-hmm. so that move worked out. And so I think he's been very calculated. I think he's been very wise when Chad Morris left. He looked in-house mm-hmm. and kept Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott as co-offensive coordinators. And then Clemson went on that incredible run uh, that you saw, you know, a couple of national titles and all the college football playoff appearances. And so, you know, to me, he's made the right moves. And that's where mm-hmm. you just have to trust him, right? Kevin Steele was the defensive coordinator. They get blitzed by West Virginia, like 70 to 33 in the Orange Bowl. He says, all right, that's not going to do. Goes out and gets arguably the best defensive coordinator in college football and Brent Venables. It takes them a while. I mean, Florida State came into Death Valley very early on in in Brent Venables' career and at at Clemson and put up 50-some-odd points when they had Jameis Winston and those guys back in 2003. So his moves have worked out. 
I think he wouldn't make this move if he didn't believe that it would work. And so that's where I think you just have to kind of roll with some of the hiccups early on in game day operations because that's something, you know, we, we talk about this a lot with players, right? Coaches say this all the time. They go, well, you can't simulate that. You can't simulate that at practice. And mm-hmm. so what you can't simulate at practice is what Wes Goodwin's dealing with now as a defensive coordinator is that other guy playing chess against you and, you know, just trying to figure it out as quickly as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well and because kind of talking about Wake Forest too, and Michael, sorry, I'll, I'll let you take it over. I just want to ask one more thing. So, you know, finishing up with the kind of the Wake Forest game, you know, obviously I know that a lot of fans could really look at going, especially late in the game, how it was a huge head scratcher, how Wake Forest was almost throwing the ball at will, but wasn't able to do much on the ground, and rightfully so, especially with Clemson's defensive line as good as they are. And so for Wake Forest late in the game to go so conservative, um, I think was honestly the thing that kind of was really what, you know, broke the camel's back, you know, for, for Wake Forest. You know, they should have been more aggressive and really went for an opportunity to go and try and win the game instead of settling for overtime, um, you know, and Clemson made them pay for it. Uh, so, you know, do you kind of see this as kind of an opportunity of, you know, that, you know, obviously with Wake Forest aside, you know, it's definitely kind of a, you got away from it there, you know, because I think that there were times where Wake Forest seemed to be the better team for sure. Uh, DJ definitely made some plays where he needed to. And obviously Will Shipley, I think uh, that that touchdown, uh, you know, where he basically just willed himself across the goal line was was very impressive for sure. Um, so do you see, uh, you know, the the players potentially after a game like that kind of looking at it as kind of like a, we got out of it kind of deal. kind of like the same thing with us, like with ECU that, you know, even though late in the game, we were not the better team. We still found a way to win. At the end of the day, we found a way to win. So, kind of same thing with Clemson there. They just found a way to win. So we're going to make the best out of it. Yeah, I think maybe a little bit. Um, they're certainly disappointed. The good news is they don't want to be playing their best football week four. They want right. to be playing their best football in the final couple of weeks of the season and gearing up for like an ACC championship or the college football playoff. So, you know, Dabo sure. Sweeney will tell you it's a developmental game and they're just trying to get better every week. They certainly weren't yeah. perfect. You know, no team is. Uh, you mentioned that game with East Carolina and, you know, you, if East Carolina had a kicker, you know, worth whatever you want to <laughs> say, 10 cents or whatever, they win that ball game, but it just didn't work yeah. out for them. And so, you know, it happens. You take a deep breath. You move on to the next one. I was asked on a radio show uh, up in Greenville the other day. I, they, they said, look, do you think if Clemson wins every game by one point the rest of the way that they would be in the college football playoff? I said, yeah, absolutely. You'd be undefeated ACC champion. So mm-hmm. whether it's by yeah. one, 100, regulation, double overtime, uh, you, you know, you got to win the game. And that's what Clemson did. So I'm sure they're they're very excited about it. They're not going to not celebrate, believe me. Because Dabo Sweeney will tell you it's hard, it's hard to win. So, yeah, I think yeah. they'll move forward and they'll learn a lot from the tape. Absolutely. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need. Offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. So what's the biggest difference you've seen with the new coordinators or 
has there really not been that many? And they're just kind of trying to establish the continuity there. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Streeter had been a part of this staff for a while, right? And he had worked with DJ, so he's, I think, pretty comfortable. And that change doesn't feel nearly as significant uh, as the change on the defensive side of the ball, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. But I do think that when it comes down to, you know, just kind of growing in that role, both sides still are very much doing so. I mean, Clemson rarely attacked the middle of the field in the first three ball games. I mean, it was rare. It was rare that the tight ends touched the ball. In this game, the tight ends had 10 receptions, 108 yards, and three touchdowns. So, you know, that's another addition to this offense that I think can really help DJ become more comfortable. Uh, and, you know, that's that's part of the problem that he had a year ago. I mean, they had so many guys get hurt. Uh, they had, you know, just injuries galore. And I, I think DJ lost a lot of confidence in being willing to throw the ball into tight windows. Because he didn't feel like the wide receiver who, you know, when, when, when you look at as good as Clemson's been, right? Trevor Lawrence had guys like T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Amari Rogers yeah. to throw the ball to. And, right. and last year, all the, all the like, you know, stud wide receivers were banged up. And right. so the, you know, the final game of the season, Dabo Sweeney's son, Will, is the starting wide receiver against South Carolina. And it wasn't a yeah. rib. It wasn't a, hey, let's get my son in the game. It was, who do we have? And so, you know, that takes his confidence away because a guy that, you know, if you put a ball in a 50-50 spot and you've got wide receivers that you think are going to make an 80-20 catch, they're going to find a way to make that grab versus guys that you don't feel that way about. You and I would both start sailing the football and throwing it high because we don't want to yeah. put it in peril. And so I think yeah. that's probably the biggest thing that we've seen in terms of the offense and the adjustment is that DJ right now is very comfortable, very confident, calm. Uh, and, and you even saw it on Saturday. Uh, and I don't know, I haven't, you know, I haven't had a chance to watch any games of NC States outside of that opener against East Carolina. But, you know, if you go back and watch this game between Clemson, the condensed version of these games is fantastic, by the way, for your listeners that don't watch the condensed games. But if you go mm-hmm. back and watch it, you'll see DJ does not panic in the pocket. And there are people at his feet. He makes the two point conversion late in that game. On one leg, he's doing the hokey pokey. He's got a guy yeah, on his leg. Yeah. He's kicked back. That was I mean, crazy. you know, to to kind of stay in yourself with all that happening tells me that he's right up here. And he, I don't think he was right up here a year ago. Yeah. Well, and because too, I think that even you know the games leading up to yesterday's game that Clemson necessarily didn't look stout offensively. You know, it's not like you know for uh, you know for like Furman, for example, they were putting seventy up on Furman. Uh, you know, so I, I mean, definitely yesterday I saw a different side for DJ for sure. Um, you know, obviously putting up three seventy one and five touchdowns is very impressive. You know, you know against Wake Forest, even though I know that we can all agree that Wake Forest is probably not on the better half of of the better defenses in the country for sure. But you knew going into it, it was going to be more of a shootout with obviously just, just dealing with the punches that Sam Hartman was going to give. You knew that. Um, so kind of talk to me, cause obviously I think for me, you know, when, when Georgia tech, when, when Clemson played Georgia tech in the post game, Dabo Sweeney basically talked about how, you know, how he was very happy with DJ. And one of the kind of immediate head scratchers to me was, this is a guy that during his tenure, especially over the last 10 years has had guys like Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson, uh, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence, guys that were elite quarterbacks that could that really were great in 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 the system. And up until that point, I feel like DJ hadn't really had that 
elite moment besides the Notre Dame game when he stepped in for Trevor Lawrence. That was obviously, you know, seemed to be kind of a head scratcher point then. So do you really foresee DJ being, because I mean, I know like from a high school recruit wise that, I mean, he was up there as one of the best high school quarterback recruits, but just to me, it just seems like that DJ doesn't quite have, and I know too, even the weapons, even too, to really have what it takes in order to take that elite step. But I mean, I mean, Tell me otherwise. I mean, I know that obviously yesterday it seemed like definitely DJ took a step forward, but I mean, I think that we can agree that it'll be an interesting test to see what he can do against a defense like NC State that's uh, very experienced and also has a lot of talent to it and also, too, has been fairly healthy up until this point as well. Yeah, I think that he's certainly shown, you know, I've said since that game against Notre Dame and then once you started to see him struggle last year, I, I could not put myself in the belief that that was like a one-off. Like I, yeah. You just couldn't tell me that a kid yeah. could go there, throw for more yards than anybody else has thrown against <laughs> Notre Dame, and that right. guy's still not being there somewhere. And right. so that's what I think has been so positive about this year is you do feel like you're starting to see that guy. And so the, the good news for Clemson will be that this game's in Death Valley. Because you're right, yes. the NC State defense up till this point will be the best defense that Clemson will face. And there may be an argument to be made that in the Atlantic Coast Conference, it ends up being the best defense that Clemson will see all year. Yeah. But DJ is not going to have to deal with fans raining down on him the whole game and all of that that yeah. comes along with being on the road in a matchup like this. So I Absolutely. think that's to his advantage, you know, going into this game that, that he's at home. And, right. you know, I, I think that he's going to be confident. And the, the biggest concern I would say would be if NC State comes out and gets a quick turnover, maybe two, does he sink back to that same kind of thought process or where he was a year ago? Yeah. Because then I think it'll be a long day for Clemson. Yeah. But if he comes out and if Clemson scores quick and kind of like they did against Wake Forest and, and they feel good about themselves, then I think yeah. it flips to the other side where there's a lot of pressure on Devin Leary and NC State, and that mm-hmm. environment's going to be a night game. It's going to be, you know, and, and Clemson's defense uh, yep. is certainly going to be the toughest defense I think that NC State's going to face in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And yep. so from that standpoint, that's where the kind of shoe could go on the other foot where, hey, does does you know Devin Leary perform like he has throughout his career? And I know this year's been a little slower start for him. And so, you know, when he gets under those lights, that's going to be kind of the converse side of things, I would say. You know, I, I would agree with you, but in, I remember that I think the last game of the year, we played a team that preseason said they were going to be the number one defense in the country in UNC. So they might be kind of tough, but you know, uh, you know, but, but Clemson might be out there too. Yeah, no, sorry. We're NC State fans. Got to take a dig at UNC when we can. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, we, we we are definitely on the same page that definitely this is a game, especially in a tough environment like Clemson, where you cannot play from behind and expect to be able to work your way out easily, if not at all. And uh, so I completely agree with you. Because the one thing as well, which I would say from watching the Wake Forest game for the most part, it seemed like there was a lot of times where Wake Forest would rush three or four, give DJ a good amount of time. And you and I both agree that he is a, he's a good, if not great enough passer that if you give him time, he will eventually find a way to make you pay. So and I know because like looking at last year's game too, that one of the things that we did was really try and blitz a lot more to try and get to him, try and get under his skin a little bit, try and throw him off his game a little bit. I feel like 
to me, that's really what you have to do with a guy like DJ, and especially, too, with an offense that doesn't have, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but definitely from what I've seen, definitely does, just doesn't have that stud wide receiver like a Mike Williams, like a Sammy Watkins, like DeAndre Hopkins, like you'd used to. Um, you know, is that you have to get to him, and you have to trust that your cornerbacks and your, and your defensive backs are going to be able to hold it down for those three, four seconds while your guys get to him. So would you kind of agree that the, if, if there was a way to kind of shut down DJ – that's how you have to do it. You have to blitz. You have to get to him. You have to get under his skin a little bit. I think you definitely want to rush him. Uh, from Clemson's standpoint, they feel a lot better about the offensive line than they did a year ago. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ari Collins has really come on. You know, those two guys, Dakari and DJ, were high school teammates. So you, you kind of <laughs> see them getting back, you know, to good. Dakari's, you know, he's about 6'3, 215, 220. So he's, Pretty good sized guy, but they got a couple of freshmen, Adam Randall and Antonio Williams, who are starting to really come on. It's part of the reason that Dakari Collins decided to head into the transfer portal because his playing time was starting to be diminished. So, you know, as these guys get a little bit more confident, you kind of saw that this weekend from them offensively. I think it really helps. And again, for the first time in a long time, the tight ends, both of them, um, Jake Brenningstool uh, and Davis Allen, were really weapons for DJ. And so, you, you add that into the mix, and, and now I think he's you know more confident. And I think he feels good about who he's got around him. I You know, that NC State game was still pretty early a year ago, but, you know, I, I don't know where DJ was at that point. He was dealing with some things off the field with his family life. And so, you know, I, you know he never made an excuse. You know, he never said, hey, this is why I'm not playing great. And uh, I think now, you know, this Clemson Tiger offense has scored more points through four games uh, been all but one Clemson offense in the history of the program. So mm-hmm. they're off to – and last year's was the worst in Dabo Swinney's tenure yeah. in through four games. Mm-hmm. So they are now the second best in the history of the program offensively <laughs> through four games versus last year when they were the worst in Dabo Sweeney's tenure. And yeah. that, that worst, I think they had like – seven. I want to say they scored like 76 points uh, through the first four games of the season. Now they played Georgia out of the gates and only scored three. But yeah. uh, a year ago, but yeah, I mean to to have the second most prolific scoring offense that this program's ever had, and that's with Trevor, and that's with Deshaun, and that's with you know Taj Boyd at quarterback, and this one is more prolific offensively than that one. Uh, they, they got the benefit of a, a double overtime game for sure, but still, uh, the numbers are, are the numbers. Well, and, and obviously, too, not to be kind of the one to throw it in, but I mean, just to, for the state fans to keep in mind, so obviously, just like you were saying, like, you know, Clemson started off last season playing Georgia, you know, well, this year they played Georgia Tech, Firm in Louisiana Tech and Wake Forest. So, so it, it, it's, I mean, at least shows that at least from a Clemson side that the offense is at least uh, efficient of a sort. It, it's able to produce. But I think you and I well, can both agree, though. The thing is, but they didn't produce all that well against Furman and La Tech, like you said. Right. So but at least they were able to put points on the board is what, you, what I guess more what well, I'm saying. Well, if they performed in those games like you and I both think they should have. Yeah, right. They would have blown away the all-time mark. And if you <laughs> yeah, go through all those years and all those seasons, because we're not talking about just one year. Right. You know, the one-off of this whole thing was what happened last year when they only scored 70-some-odd points. I mean, yeah. every season, four games in, second most prolific scoring offense in Clemson history. And gotcha. they don't always line up with Georgia game one. That's for sure. But yeah, even yeah. still, yeah. 
No, yeah, no. I I, I think uh, uh, facing if any team facing Georgia's defense last year definitely had their their work cut out for them. So uh, and, that's and for it, sure. And it was a pick six. That's what maybe people don't, I don't know if y'all watched the yeah. game. It was a pick yeah. six. It wasn't even like Georgia scored. That game was three three and a pick six to win it. So I mean <laughs> yeah. that was. You talk about a boring and wild, exciting game. That was a boring, wild, and exciting game. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. So with that being said, we're going to take a pause right there here, um, and we'll jump into part two here as we'll talk about more of on the defense side, talk about predictions, kind of uh, make or break situations as well as got to talk a little bit about our guy, Will Shipley, that definitely, uh, you know, still kind of, you know, grinds our gears a little bit from the NC State side for sure. Uh, but again, first of all, I uh, want, want to give you opportunities. Obviously, you know, the Clemson's uh, sports uh, Twitter page, Make sure to check them out, uh, you know, Wolfpack Nation for sure. And then, uh, Lon, where, where can they check out? Where can any State fan kind of check out any of uh, the Clemson sports uh, media heading up to the Clemson game? Yeah, so we're we're live every day from 4 to 6 on iHeartRadio. It's Fox Sports Radio 1400, uh, full website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. And then, uh, you know, we've got podcasts that we do of the radio show every day. And, and mm-hmm. most of that, if you're, you know, I'm on Twitter at Clemson Sports, super mm-hmm. easy. You can find it there, and then uh, we're the same on Instagram. Just a ton of graphics and you know all kind of stuff like that. So we got it covered, you know, fully, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Sometimes I wish uh, it was only six months a year because I could use a little extra break. But you know, sure. it's full throttle most of the time, especially right now with college football rolling. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Again, make sure again, if you haven't already, Wolfpack Nation, again, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you're notified on all your devices whenever we release any new NC State content. Give this video a like if you're a big NC State fan just like us. And also give us a follow Tough Talk now on Twitter or Instagram if you haven't already. But thank you all so much again. Make sure to tune in for part two as we continue this conversation on. As always, go Pack, baby. <laughs>